that be the only time you think, oh my god, I'm not shot, I'm losing my job? <laughs> <laughs> and my country. <laughs> Welcome, Good ladies and gentlemen, golden gods and goddesses, to episode three of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. Guys, we're making it. We're doing this. We got the ultimate fan rankings going on of every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're going in chronological order, talking about the best and worst of the gang. We're dissecting this episode by episode. I got some great co-hosts with me here. Introduce yourselves. Hey, it's your boy Adam Rothbord. Donnie Crunkleton. Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington is our dish of the day. Specifically Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington, I like to think. I don't think we have to bring him into this. Okay. Well, because that would be uh, a name on top of your name. I don't think you should say his name in vain is what I don't think. You're right. How dare I? You know, every time you say Gordon Ramsay, a shrimp scampi gets its wings. <laughs> Every time you say Gordon Ramsay's name in vain, the scallops are undercooked. Exactly. Their lamb sauce is forgotten. So we're uh, not going willy-nilly on this. We're not just talking about this episode for nothing. Like I said, we got some rankings that we're going to give this. We're going to put some actual numbers to our arguments. We got some characteristics here that we're going to discuss. We got the best and worst parts of the episodes, the quotes, the characters, the story. We're going to talk about what Frank would do. All this is coming up here. Let's dive into this. Season 1, Episode 3. Underage drinking, a national concern. It is. It truly is. Did you guys drink in high school? Let's be honest. We, we can open up about this now. I definitely drank in high school. I definitely went to a few parties. Um, I'm a, I can say once or twice, yeah. Yeah, once or twice. A, a few. A few. My, uh, my high school brought in a keg. <laughs> Your what? Yeah. For the, the drinking holiday that's actually really interesting all the parties i went to in high school we rarely ever had a keg at for, any of the parties for those of you not accustomed to jewish culture a lot of the uh, holidays involve actually all the holidays involve uh, copious amounts of food and drinking and Except there's the one ones. and there's one that involves literally no food so this episode came out august 16th 2005 we got a new director daniel atias atias i'm butchering it He's written some uh, things you guys will probably enjoy. He's got The Wire under his resume, Entourage Donnie. Entourage uh, is one of my favorites for sure. I love Entourage as well. Big love for you uh, early 2000s HBO fans. I love Big Love. I know our Beef Wellington enjoys some House. I like House too. And did anyone watch Homeland? The first season, but barely. Dad. I was expecting a no Dad. on that. Wow. Dad. Dad. You guys never saw the SNL Homeland skit? Uh, um, see, I haven't seen Homeland, so... Uh, mm. But we all have seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Which we is have. what Another we're here have. to talk about today. And in this episode, like I said, we got some underage drinking. When Patty's Pub becomes a hotspot for underage drinking, the gang decides to lean into their newfound clients, and they start to uh, apply some rules to allow some safe underage drinking. Okay. No drinking and driving. No one's gonna crash Nikki Potnik's car, right. you know? Everyone has to take a cab. Four drink maximum. Like, oh, yes. that's it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anyone causing trouble can't come. If you're gonna be here, you gotta be cool. He's yeah. gone. And, he's and, gone. And. Listen, we water down the drinks. Jack up the oh, prices where I can make on. a serious profit off these kids. And they have no idea what the hell's going on. We would actually be doing something good. <laughs> right, I say we do it. Yeah. As they hang out more and more with the teenagers, the gang gets caught up in the drama of high schoolers, as one does, and then the whole gang gets invited to the prom. Almost the whole gang, everyone except Mac. Are you going? Yeah, I, I have to. Oh, well, 
If you're going, I'm going then, I guess. So you... What? Well, I didn't get to go when I was in high school, dude. I think it might actually be fun. Well, if you guys are going, I'm going. I'm not staying here. Right, go. Are you going to go? I'm going to go. I have to go, so... Oh, well, this is pathetic. Going. You guys are pathetic. Well, dude, you know what? Maybe if you were such a jerk, someone might have asked you. Because Sarah told me that Maureen told her that Regina McGinley totally thought you were cute. And then Ray Rafferty comes up to you at the party and you're... Charlie, shut up! So, first off, the most important part... What would Frank do with a bunch of underage drinking high schoolers? I think he'd be all in, honestly. I think anything that can make him money real quick, I think he's into it. So I think he would go along with the plan. Yeah, I think he's all on board with this one, making money, does not really care about the kid's safety as long as he's making his money. He might even go to the actual high school party and have some fun. Remember that one episode when the gang like breaks up or something and Frank finds like a new bar? I was they, literally they, about to bring up the new gang. The underage drinking scheme. He's like, come on, guys, we do the underage drinking scheme. I, and they're all like, oh, what? That is very that's true, why, yeah. That's why I made that connection was because that's when he brings it up again. But yeah, the new gang, I think he would exactly done that, found a new gang in the high well, school. Look at that, me and Adam are right. Of course, as always, usually. So sometimes. we got Adam and Donnie saying a money-making scheme, Beef Wellington, and I think Frank's going to try and relate to some high schoolers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, whores. He's like showing them records, but it's like really obscure records, like B.B. Hooverton in the... In the, in the Nine string quartet. <laughs> he was on the Colgate Hour. How do you not know who he is? <laughs> oh, so I think it's interesting that the gang is starting to justify their awful behavior more and more. Like they literally say in this episode, we're kind of doing them a favor by allowing underage drinking. Yeah, I love how they walk themselves into every bad idea they can ever have. It's so that every idea they have can't be bad because they, they, they skewer it in the way that it's good to them. Yeah. That's how it starts when they're like, we should allow these kids to come in the bar and like have a drink. But like the second it doesn't go well for like Mac and Dennis, they're like, you know what, guys, we shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like the second it's not working out for them, they're like, oh, we're done with this. Kind of like the gun fever episodes. And like when Dennis is okay with being a gay bar and then suddenly, how's that ass feeling? Yeah, and he's, he's not like, cool with it anymore. <laughs> so you had an experiment. I love how they can change anything that they think of on a whim. Just if if one character says something, the other characters will try and do something that's the opposite or to to make up for it. Like, for instance, I don't know if you guys noticed, but obviously Charlie hasn't huffed paint throughout in this show yet. And this is the first time we've really heard mention of that when Dennis makes fun of him for having have huffed paint all throughout high school. And then later on in this episode, Charlie's huffing paint. It seems like he's just trying to do something to, to make him seem less insecure about his time in high school because they're all delusional about high school. Even Dee's going back to to that hot spot part um, where all the cool kids used to meet up. They're all they're all trying to get back. I like the amount of character development with that. I liked how you mentioned he uh, brings up their high school days. Mm-hmm. Dennis brings up Mac mm-hmm. and Charlie's high school days and uh, Dee's high school days. We start to see some real character development. We realize how sad... I guess everyone, but D specifically was in high school, uh, the aluminum monster, which they don't bring up in this episode, but we know it's coming. So we get to see how the, how the gang got to where they are. I think, yeah, the trying to live, relive high school part is pretty funny. I mean, I was sort of cool in high school, so I'd have no problem reliving it. Of course. But I don't know about everyone else. Oh, we were all pretty cool. Don't you worry about that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that people that do podcasts now were the coolest we're the people cool in high We're the cool kids in high school. Yes, exactly. One of my favorite plot points of this episode without 
going too far into the plot of it is uh, how how pathetic Dee's high school experience was and how she tries to relive it out. She is so sad. Every time I see her, I make you know it makes me so sad. But at the same time, I don't know how how entertaining the the cringy humor is in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Like talking about where the cool kids used to go. I think it's hilarious. I like a lot of the stupid high school jokes that they make about like how stupid high school kids are. Like if you guys have ever seen the show American Vandal, like season one and season two, they just like shit on high schoolers the whole time. Like literally was, in like, the second season. Yeah, in the second season, there's literally shit on high schoolers. But and it's always sunny when the lacrosse player is like. I mean, Tammy's great. No, I just wasn't feeling it. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you gotta feel it. And like, she just buys into it. Exactly. His drama. Like, I broke up with this. I wasn't in this relationship because I wasn't feeling it. That's why this whole relationship ends. And that's like, like if a, you say that in your 20s, you sound like a really awful person. Yeah, you just sound like a shitlord. Eh, I just wasn't feeling uh, it. I just it. wasn't feeling we're it. We're together Ooh. four years. You're not yeah, feeling the, it. You're not feeling it. You're not feeling You gotta feel it. You gotta feel it. I love how he's walking around in his room with his lax stick. Yeah, he's like throwing he's practicing his in his room. <laughs> what I tell you, stay out of my hallway. I, I like that when he's talking to her and he brings up that he's going to the lacrosse game. There's just something about lacrosse that outside of high school just doesn't exist unless you're like a frat bro, I guess. Got a lax bro, bro? Lax bro, bro? Lax bro? I don't do lax. Did you guys notice this at the end of last episode when the little kid that, you know, Char- Charlie thought was his kid? end up drunk at the episode and like the, that episode ends with a drunk minor and this one starts with we did touch on yeah, we, yeah we did touch on do you that think, do you think that's like on purpose or do you think do you think they were trying to go for some sort of loose narrative just to keep people coming back to the next week at the time or do you think they're just like this is a funny concept let's bounce bounce uh, ideas off of this for the next episode for the amount of times I've seen it's always sunny I still think that there are hidden gems so I think that this might be one of those where they purposely end one episode with a clue or a hint on what the next episode might be because so far that's kind of what we're seeing in the first few episodes so i hope it's a hidden gem and i hope we find more hidden gems but i guess we'll have to wait and see with upcoming episodes here's my question for you Mm -hmm. adam for sure our next episode season one episode four charlie has cancer Mm. is about charlie having cancer Mm mm-hmm does the end of this episode, in your opinion, fall into season one, episode four? Not at all. It just ends with Charlie dancing. So that's actually a good answer to my question. Hmm. But it is interesting how, how the first few episodes work together like that. Hmm. Well, not going to the high school prom is like getting cancer because you're fucking Pretty trash if yeah. you don't go to the high school prom. I think it's incredible that the end credit scene, they made an entire prom scene for the end credit scene for Charlie doing his little wallflower bit when yeah. he starts to dance to himself. Forever young. Mm-hmm. Classic. I wanna be forever young. Very, He's so into it. He might be the most genuine per- like, character of this entire episode. Very representative song choice. Yes. Cliche. It's a bit meta. One last note I got for this episode that I'm going to be honest, I didn't enjoy as much as our first two. What 18-year-old is carrying a business card? When yeah. she she says, like, call me when you're ready to party, and then... Flicks his nipple. Well, it was 2005. Anything goes. 
So what is it like our pager number? Well, yeah. Were we doing pagers in 2005? Palm pilots. Uh, Palm pilots. It was for sure. She needed a way for him to reach him. It was probably her PO box for the Pony Express or whatever (laughs) they were doing back in 2005. So everyone probably had that on them. Our older listeners are like, "What the August 2005? Pagers haven't been a thing since like the 80s. What is this kid on? (laughs) Pretty sure August 2005. The summer was spent. We were using rotary phones in the 90s. Yeah. Like that, that was, I didn't use any phone in the nineties. I was six. Phones in two thousand eight, we just came out with the iPhone. I think my, cell phones were invented yesterday. I got a, a my whole technology timeline screwed up. Braden, it's interesting. You thought that was um, a business card. I thought it was like I didn't see what it looked like. I I thought it was just a number written on a piece of paper, which it very well could have been, and we'll never know. But that is also an an, an old concept. People writing phone numbers on pieces Glenn of Howard paper. And, at us, always sunny pod. <laughs> was it a know. business card? I was just was gonna say David. Piece of paper? David Atreus. David Atreus. David a- Petraeus. Atreus. Atreus. There's no R. Oscar Pistorius. There's no R. <laughs> There's uh, Atreus is definitely wrong. David. <laughs> David Tertius. Uh, That's the one. At us to let us know if the other episode is related to this episode. Uh, real quick, while the thought of episodes leading into the other, would it have an effect that this was supposed to be the original pilot? And would we possibly have to skip over this episode to see if one would lead into the next? The original pilot wasn't oh, it Charlie gets Charlie's cancer? cancer. So they yeah. might have recorded it out of order, essentially. That's true. That's we'll true. We'll have to look into what it. What was the original we'll, we'll second? Get, we'll get back to you guys on that one. But what was the original second? I guess technically it would be the gang gets racist. The gang gets racist is the official pilot. pilot. The unofficial pilot that they made uh, was Charlie has cancer. So if there's like a racist thing at the end of Charlie has cancer, that's we're counting wrong. We're counting our our. Uh, this is like when they find big collections. Yeah, no, of but books. I don't know if it was if it was made in that order or if it was published in different orders. I think we're reading too much. We, into we this. might be. But no, we'll listen. Do a the golden gods know we'll all. Well, the original pilot. I was, still think there's more hidden gems that we're going to discover during this podcast. And you'll have to keep listening to hear whether or not they're all connected. We're going to prove our theory or not. Before we go into the the um, the rating section, do you, do, you, do you guys notice in the episode when Charlie is telling the rest of the gang about the, the high school drama, and it's almost as if he's telling them like he's watching a TV show? Oh, that was going to be, uh, be one of my favorite quotes is Charlie's little jaunt won't. Trey broke up with Tammy because Maureen Canalan said that she saw Tammy flirting with Walt Timmy at a party, but she was only doing it to make Trey jealous because, you know, she thought that Trey secretly liked Aaron Hennebry, but Trey didn't like Aaron Hennebry. It was all a bunch of bull. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a kid, like a child just watching TV. It's honestly the best. It's cute. It's Those, adorable. It's some of my favorite Charlie moments until we get bird law. All right, I got a story. So everybody buckle your seatbelts because this is going to be a long one. I was working a job in the Catskills. We were pulling 80, 90-hour weeks at this grocery store. So me and my friend got off of work one night. It's like 11.30 p.m., and we go to this one bar run by this Dominican woman. Now, for the entire week, we had been trying to go to the bar and, you know, maybe catch a drink, and it was always closed. So we showed up there about a day before, and this Dominican lady came out, and she says that the bar is only open from, like, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we, we get off early from work. And we go to the bar and my buddy orders us some shots. And I'm like, okay, yeah, shots, fine. Me and him, we're going to fucking drink after pulling these 80, 90 hour weeks at this grocery store. And then we drink our shots and he's like, all right, leave the tab open. And I turn around and then I suddenly realize everyone in the fucking bar is 16 years old. (laughs) 
<laughs> I swear to fucking God, in this bum fuck town in fucking Catskills, New York, everybody at this bar is a child. You can get was this White Lake? Was this Bethel? Bars. This was Monticello. Monte- yeah. Everybody was a fucking child. And I like tap my buddy on the shoulder. I'm like, we're getting out of here. He's like, I just opened a tab. I'm like, we do not want to be here yeah, no, the you rest can get away of the night. That. In, in smaller towns, yeah, you can get away with it. Just it, the whole vibe was shit. That was that was like that was the worst part. That for was me. your problem. That with was it? that was yeah. That was <laughs> the vibe. My problem. Their vibe was off. Their that's vibe was way here. off. You know why? Because they're sixteen year old. I think that's the point of that Charlie jaunt. He does that joke is it shows the mentality between kids and adults, and we all know adults that unironically talk like charlie does and engage in that mm-hmm. literally childlike drama yeah yeah that is the one truth to this episode that when they make the comment about once uh you find out that a bar isn't carting that's gonna be the hangout spot like growing up in high school there was like a little mom pa liquor store and a few of our buddies looked old enough and they bought liquor there a couple of times they never got carded so that was a spot that if you thought you looked old enough you try to go buy there and a lot of times they wouldn't card you and that's literally what it was. There were 40 16-year-olds, and they were all – we were drinking, like, shots out of, like, shot glasses, and they all had those, like, six-ounce tiny white plastic cups. So I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on there. I didn't want to be a part of any of what was happening. But did you stay? No, I left immediately. I was like, close the tab. We don't want to be anywhere <laughs> around this. We'll fucking drink at home. The one time he said, I'm only going out for one drink and actually left. Yeah, and actually, and, and didn't fucking drink myself into a stupor. Because what the fuck? That was just so absurd. Has, has that ever happened to anyone else? Like, you've been to a bar and you like... The first time mm-hmm. I got drunk was in a small town bar. It was uh, after a cousin's wedding. Um, ended up... With the wedding Did you party. marry your cousin in a small town? Is that what it was? That kind of like yeehaw small town. No, not yeehaw small town. Uh, not that. The the boring kind of small town. Like Fargo. Where all, yeah, where the only thing you can do is go drink. I guess if you're 16 at the local bar. Well, that means there's a secret underbelly. Like in a small town that no one knows, people are really killing each other for Dagon. Day bow bow. Day bow bow. Oh. We have a system here, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking about this for no reason. We have a system because reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. Donnie gets less and less enthusiastic every time we do that. He's not reasonable. He's eventually going to be like, Oh, yeah, for the listeners, we definitely yell it out here in the studio, but I I splice it out when I do the editing. (laughs) So Donnie Donnie (laughs) just sits here and looks at us like we're idiots. For the record, that's the first time I didn't say it at all, but yes, I have been getting less enthusiastic knowing I'm getting cut out. You're right. Beef Wellington, you are right. I almost said your fake name. My porn star name. <laughs> Queef Smellington? Yes, that's it. The category, our side gig, our side business. The categories we have here today are the stories, the quotes, the characters. We got uh, the overall humor and the wild card spot for which this show is named. First up, we're going to talk about the story of this episode. I liked it. I liked the teenage angst i thought it was a fun angle to show how the gang relates to a bunch of teenagers and beef wellington brings up the really good point of being able to drink uh underage in smaller towns and showing off that kind of vibe like they mentioned in the beginning of the episode where it literally feels like a high school party and that's why they're vibing so hard because it's a bunch of high schoolers partying 
As for the story, I personally like how they they provide so much exposition on the background of the characters, which you know fuels the plot of the story. They're all the characters. You know, D wants to go date you know a young high schooler kid, or you know because she didn't really do very well in high school. Everyone else, you know, Mac didn't even get to the to the prom, and I like how um, they talk about their background first, so that you understand the entire plot of the story. You understand why all the characters are doing their specific things, why Mac is upset he didn't go to the prom. They are very good at showing motivation. They're good. They're very good at showing motivation but, in these earlier episodes and explaining why the gang's doing the things they're doing. And I think a lot of that also ties into some of the character development. So I, I don't think the story was as strong personally. I think it had like a little bit of sentimental value as far as like them reliving high school and reliving what they thought was their reality and obviously wasn't. But as far as like creativity goes, I don't think there was much twists or much creativity as far as the storyline goes. I liked a few things in terms of the story. I liked how they all ended up at the high school party together, even though they all didn't go together. Because I feel like that's like a classic... Well, it happened for me in college because I went to a small high school, but I feel like that's like a classic high school. If you go to high school with a lot of people, you like wind up at the same party as like your buddy who you didn't know was going because there's only like four or five people who actually throw the parties in high school because their parents are out of town. So their basements are available for you, if you know what I mean. Um, And I thought that that was good. In terms of the rest... I don't know. The storyline was kind of linear. Like it didn't, there weren't really a lot of like twists and turns and bringsy backsies and whatnot. Like it. Yeah. If I recall the last episode correctly, you're one of them creative types that enjoys the mix match pulp fiction. Yeah. Fucking give me that Quentin yeah, Tarantino shit. I'm, I'm a shit. fan of that as well. Like I mean, fucking. I, like I, want a, I want a little surprise. Yeah. Start off like. Not the, every episode though. Yeah. Every episode. Yeah. Uh, I think. Every episode until I die. If every episode <laughs> was like that, it wouldn't be special. I think it's good I'm to switch it up. I'm not ready to concede on that point. I think it is good to switch it up because not everybody is the same. And I don't think they need can't... to switch this one up. I'm oh, sorry. No, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think you can appreciate all of the twists and turns if that's what you get every single time. I think, yeah, it is good to switch it up every now and then. Despite yeah. what Beef Wellington has to think. But I mean, like, the story is pretty much just like. They do the drinking at the bar and then shit goes wrong and then they, you know, fix it or there there's either a resolution at the end or like there isn't a resolution at the end or there's the opposite of a resolution at the end. It's just very, you know, classic television writing, very linear from all my experience behind uh, the desks at TV places. How much experience is that exactly? Hours. Uh, we're talking about one field trip. We we're went talking to. about countless minutes. We are talking about the he one can't count the one time tens of thousands of seconds. The journalism class went on a field trip to a broadcast TV place, and that's how I got this podcast. <laughs> I give it a seven out of ten on the story, Adam. I'm also giving it a seven out of ten, mainly because it's a loosely relatable story, and the exposition of them in high school adds to the plot for me, and it makes it for a very good story. Donaldo. I'm a little bit harsher than you guys. I'm hitting this one with a three. Holy guacamole. Wow. It's the lowest score we've had. And Weef Bellington. I'm going to give it a flaccid four. A flaccid four. What about the quotes of this episode? Because I I am hard-pressed to find any. I got a couple for you guys here that I enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, there's not many. I thought they were funny, they're... but few and far between. Both of them are from D. I don't know about you guys. I think D shined this episode. You wanted to meet me and my friends at Lemon Hill afterwards. 
Lemon Hill? That's where all the cool kids used to go. God, so you've been there. Oh, <laughs> come on. I've been there like 200 times. It's just great. He thinks that she was the cool kid, and that just proves that anyone who's older than you is automatically cooler in your mind. Mm-hmm. He thinks that she went to the make-out point like he and his buddies do. I also like it when our lax bro friend said... Where were you when I was in high school? <sighs> I was eight. Right. Yeah. His yeah, delivery was, was just eight. so like, I, I know where this is going. This is a stupid and wrong. And from, <laughs> from that, I think it was that scene where she's like, Wait, I can't do this. What? I never statutory raped anyone before. That was a good quote. Um, I also have here another quote. I don't know how you guys live with yourselves. One day at a time. One day, one at, day a time. at a time. Write that on my tombstone. Another one from Dennis. The quote itself isn't funny, but it kind of helps build who Dennis is when he's talking about it's all of our jobs to ID people but yet he's, he's claiming it's all of our jobs but yeah, he's still bar. not doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's at the bar it. yeah. uh, that's like the business ethics quote yes. right. it's got nothing to do with business ethics yeah. <laughs> and this reoccurring theme of everyone seems like A they know what they're doing but they don't or B telling people they know what they should be doing and then not taking the advice themselves right I feel like I'm gonna sneak this into the quotes but it's not really a quote and everyone can shit on me for it right after comes out of my mouth please do put some shit on the beef wellington <laughs> and um so when whenever in this first season anyone this is not just this episode they say sweet d i want to fucking cut my ears out i love sweet like, d. i don't like that at all but no but sweet, like sweet calling d. her sweet d is like funny but they like refer to her as sweet d when they're like telling over a story like if i went like um, you know, we were walking down the road and asshole Adam said hello to me. That's what they, it's like. You know, we were driving Ricky Polotnik's car or whatever and Sweet D crashed it like that. That's like Nikki how Potnick. they refer to her. But I think Sweet Ricky D. Falcone. It's, yeah. it's endearing because she's a bitch. Oh, oh, yeah. sometimes. But they're all assholes to her. The Sweet D is it could be could be a plan word. Sweet T. I don't know. No, I, I, I get it. I just don't like it. Two out of ten on the quotes, and I'm standing firm. Actually, uh, you know, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna change it up. Buffing Three up. out of ten on the quotes. You guys changed my mind. Three out of ten. Gave you a couple extra. Uh, personally, I gave it a five out of ten on quotes. I thought it was, there was few and far between. It was funny. Like there was a lot of like very funny lines, but nothing that stands out that I always quote all the time. That I would always quote to my friends all the time. Um, so I give it a five out of ten for that one. Yeah, our discussion on the quotes was short for a reason, and I'm giving it a four. I don't know. I'm giving it a, a high, uh, a high. This is a hard. This is a hard number. My other number is flaccid, but this I'm giving it a hard six because I don't think it's always the quantity of quotes. Mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes the quality of them too, mm-hmm. and the fucking I wasn't feeling it quote. I just it was a really bad breakup. Oh, I just wasn't feeling it. Or the um, what are the ones do I have here? The um, well, I guess the wrong kind of glue. I didn't bring that. Don't compare me to Mac and Charlie. And then they're sitting. I'm telling you, this is the wrong kind of glue, Charlie. No, it's not. This is made for like kindergartners or something. No, this will work. No, look, non-toxic and safe. We don't want safe. We want toxic. Something's happening. Nothing is gonna happen. Something's happening. Nothing's gonna happen. No, you're right. This isn't working. And he's in denial that it's not doing anything. Yeah. Everyone. He's like, no, this, this isn't. This isn't doing anything. I think that's a common theme. I think Adam's right. Everyone's just kind of in denial. Do you guys this even remember high school? When we come back, we got a couple more categories, including the wild card spot, and we are going to place this episode onto the list of lists. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
is really the place I learned sex from. Honestly, you guys are making me feel so attacked right now. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We got a couple more categories here before we get down to the wild card and place this onto the list of lists. Starting with the characters. What'd you guys think of the characters this episode? I like the high schoolers. I think they were a very, very funny addition to the story, the funny addition to the gang. The gang had excellent chemistry with them. And I also like, uh, Adam said, the, ex- uh, the exposition and the history that we're getting mm-hmm. about the gang's high school days. Zero, no Frank. Wow. Standing we, firm. We, we, under- we understand that. Honestly, I even you, you made the point for me. You talked about the characters' histories, which I really appreciate. And in, I, you actually made another point. You brought up the other characters in the episode, and I was mainly mainly focusing on the, the gang. But the other characters, like, the other characters, like the high school students, sell the, the episode for me. The fact they use them. The fact they use them in general, and also that one girl who looks exactly like a pistachio with the vest on. You know who I'm talking about. Wait, Sarah from the beginning? Yeah. That's who Charlie gets asked to the prom by, right? Yeah, she looks with like the, a pistachio. With the braces? I'm 12. How old are you? That's her claim to fame. I'm the pistachio on season one, episode three. <laughs> you no, know, the, one, the one who um, inv- uh, opened the door for them in the house. Hey, Sarah. Hey. I am so glad you guys came. Well, um, we ran into a little bit of a problem. My brother, he was supposed to pick up the keg, but he bailed on me. But I digress. Um, I love I love the characters. We get a look back in their high school days, and that to me is hilarious enough. Yeah, I still think the best part is that they all got used, whether it was Dennis and Dee getting asked to prom for their own personal gains to get back with each other, or it was Charlie getting asked to prom after them getting the keg for them. I think it was kind of like a reassurance, like, oh, we're not using you for the keg. Like, I want to take you to prom. Meanwhile, they definitely were kind of using him for the keg. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Still a zero. Because I'm not no going to budge at all? No. All right. That's you don't think any of the characters developed really well? No. He said the other week that that's what he's going to do for the entire season, so i got to respect him. Stay, stay tuned to season two to find out if Beef Wellington gives us some different characters. I know. You're all calling me lazy. You're saying, oh, you don't want to per- put the work in. But it's serious. I'm serious. So, Donnie, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give the characters a five. Five out of ten, not good, not bad. I'm also going to give it a five out of ten for the characters. Adam. That's very interesting. I went a little bit higher. I'm giving this a number nine out of ten. You're giving it a nine out of ten for the characters. Uh, was, was first of all, D really shines in this episode. You wish is... you could be back in high school? Is that what it is? No, I, I didn't give a shit for high school, but I, I wish I could go back in time where I first saw this episode. I will give you the benefit of the doubt that I think the characters and character development was the best part of this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's nine worthy, but what? I don't think so either. We, but like I said, benefit well, of the like doubt. You said you saw D shine in this episode. She had a lot of great bits, a lot of pathetic bits, uh, and then D and then Dennis is gaslighting the entire gang in this episode too. I think you got a point. I think you're being a little generous. Always am. If you like the humor, then place the points in the overall humor, which is what we're going to talk about here next. I think the overall humor of the episode is. It has. It shows this special brand that It's Always Sunny has where D is, like, pathetic. In It's Always Sunny does that really well, where it shows that the characters are both pathetic and miserable and conniving in a really hilarious way. I think uh, this being episode three, Rob McElhenney, McElhen- sorry, and Charlie Day, 
at this point they were probably thinking to themselves like we need to start writing these characters much much stronger and like drive home their driving characteristics and that's where we see this character development a lot through the humor so i liked the humor nothing super special but i liked it i thought that compared to the story and the characters um the 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 humor was a bit less i i I would rate the humor a little bit less in this episode um i thought the story and characters were much better than the humor it was a funny episode but to me i think the best part of this episode was the story and characters and not as much the overall humor yeah i would say it was funny at best i don't think there was any points where i was just dying laughing stomach hurting and i think one of the main reasons i do love it's always sunny so much is there are so many episodes that i could watch over and over again and it does not lose any of its value as far as being funny and i think the more i watch this episode the less and less i find it funny i got one stomach hurting part from this episode though i will give it that charlie's gossip it we're at the very she end she thought that tracy really liked aaron hennebry but she didn't like aaron hennebry it was all a bunch of bull what is happening that's tammy trey's ex-girlfriend this is classic tammy Trey broke up with Tammy. Okay, you know what, Charlie? You gotta stop, honestly. When he goes to repeat that second time for whatever reason, that kills me. The yeah. first time gets a good laugh out of me, but the second time, he that just, just kills me. He repeats it verbatim. Also, when he... Verbatim. Also, when he yells... Hey, 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 Give me some eyes. Look at me. Cool your jets. Uh, sorry. All right, beat it. Are you okay? Such a player. Is he a player? Big time. Hey, players. All right, I'm sorry. That, that's also another funny Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a good... Uh, point too i'm gonna have to agree with donnie in terms of you know um watching this one over and over you know the first time we had watched this to when we first were preparing for this episode when we were watching this one six and a half months ago that's how much work six and a half months have gone work into these three shitty episodes so the first the first preparation um i didn't like this episode and then um the production team was like you're gonna have to watch this episode multiple times i almost dreaded it but the last time we watched it i thought i thought it was actually kind of funny like i you know a lot of the jokes maybe it was because the high school stuff really like settled into my brain but the whole fucking car thing with d and how she's trying to be the coolest but really it's not cool because she's fucking 30 or whatever hanging out with high schoolers i just thought that part was you 30 uh, what are you 30 are you 30 are you almost are you almost 30 charlie i just thought that part was hilarious so i'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven Give it a seven on the overall humor from Beef Wellington. What about you? Uh, I'm Donnie? giving it a low four again. A flaccid Whoa. four. A flaccid four. I'm giving this a six out of ten because I don't want you to think I don't think this episode is hilarious. I thought it was very funny, and every episode is funny. But for me, I think the story and characters again were much better, so I'm ranking those higher. I can't overall humor. wait to see what you consider a ten out of ten because we'll see. You're, I'm also curious to see. You're what so that's generous. Like. You're Adam's such gonna a have generous. to give out some eleven and twelves eventually. <laughs> Eight out of twelve. <laughs> he's like he's like IGN. Nine out of ten. Not Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> and now we. Did have, you give a number, Braden? No, I I didn't. I didn't. Good catch. What would you want to give this one? I would want to give it a six out of ten. I think he got a good point. Um... I'm going to go ahead and say I felt basically the same I did about the last episode we reviewed. There's better ones. This isn't bad, but there's better ones. Mm-hmm. There's funnier ones. And now, now, do I have your permission? Uh, and go. Wild card, <laughs> What do you guys think? I think it was pretty wild this episode, but uh, not wild enough. Six out of ten. No justification. 
I'm going to also give it a 6 out of 10 purely for the, I believe it was a 70 second keg stand by D. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I'll give it a six. Give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt on that one. Personally, I'm giving this a nine out of ten because you know these are bonus points, and I want this episode to do better because I like this episode a lot. I'm giving it a nine because I think, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, this is the first episode where they do anything really illegal. Um, and originally, I wanted this category to be felony points, and I think this is probably one of the biggest felonies they've done so far. So, so nine out of ten. Did the writers call you and they're paying you to like beef up this episode? It really seems like you're being paid by Rob yeah. McElhenney to get people to go back and watch on Hulu or something. I have them all on speed dial. You and still use speed dial. Like the, and we're still like the, the ones talking on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Donnie and I are mad that we're the ones talking. The the beef the beef Wellington here is beef has got beef with you, bro. Beef has be- got beef about your speed dial. Yeah. Anyway, I'm giving this a two wild cards out of ten. I don't think that we should just throw random points because it's a shitty episode. Yeah, I didn't want to give it too many, but I feel like six out of ten is right for wild cards. I like it. This is the first time we've seen them do something heinously illegal, selling alcohol to minors, and that's what this whole show is about—them being shitty people. I think one of the best parts of this show, It's Always Sunny Pod, is comparing our rankings against the IMDb rankings to see what like the fans have rated it. Because the IMDb rankings are done pretty soon after the original episode is released, right? So this is like a 15-year look back. Well, I-, I was reading some of them. It's actually funny. You get a mix. You get people that have watched it for the first time, hardcore fans that like give a 10 out of 10, like diehard, like, this is my favorite episode, don't you dare say any otherwise and then you got people that yeah have way back when in 2005 went on imdb and gave their rating at the library at the library at your local library which don't exist so what did we give it i know you guys are dying to to hear what we gave this episode well the gang on average here today gave this episode a 5.2 out of 10 which places this episode in comparison uh, this is our second most liked episode. We gave episode one, The Gang Gets Racist, a 6.5 out of 10. We gave this one a 5.2 out of 10. And last week, Charlie Wants an Abortion got a 5.1, so we liked it marginally less. Marginally less. Marginally <laughs> less. So I know we did a lot of smack talk on this one, but. but the, uh, the numbers are the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. You can't fake math. The numbers, Mason, what do they mean? The numbers. You all make me sad. <laughs> so speaking of IMDb, what did IMDb think of this episode? 12. IMDb said 12 out of 10. Pretty close. Not Call of Duty. 8.5 out of 10. That's Trash. what I thought. 2,347 votes as of right now, 8.5 out of 10. Well, if you check the numbers and you run, if you crunch the figures, didn't they also give, um, uh, they gave Charlie Watson abortion 8.4? So they like that marginally more than we did. When have you ever crunched figures in your life? So based off what I'm hearing is, is we're not agreeing with most fans. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself, these guys are idiots, you can let us know what we got wrong about your favorite episode so far by going to anchor.fm slash rumham and leaving us a voicemail. You can also email us at alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. Tweet us at alwayssunnypod. Troll us on Instagram at AlwaysSunnyPod. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? 
Is this your favorite episode and we just tore it apart? Is this your least favorite episode and we gave it too much credit? Let us know. We. Is that W-E or O-U-I? We. When we, the people. I like this episode. Help, they're holding me hostage. (laughs) All right, guys. I think that's going to do for us this week. Check out our Anchor page where you can find all the platforms we're on. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review where you can. Google Plus? Google Plus. We went back in time to get on Google Plus. You guys, this was fun. I think we should do the same thing again in two weeks when we come back here for Season 1, Episode 4. Charlie has cancer, guys. So uh, we'll be back here in two weeks. Susan G. Komen at me. <laughs> you guys are weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was well, fun. That was a lot. I thought that was good. Rum Ham and Wild Cards is produced and edited by Braden Pleggencool. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Pleggencool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and the Dish of the Day.